Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Black Girl Gone Afterthoughts. I, of course, am your host, Amara, and I am here with my husband and my co-host, Jason. What's up, y'all? So this week, we told the story of Delisa Kelly. And so if you listen to this week's story, then you know that Delisa's story is one of those stories that um, is really upsetting because of the things that we know for sure happened before her body was found. And um, the events leading up to that moment um, are really frustrating because we know that the police um, often disregard these cases when Black women are... Uh, when they go missing or when something has happened to them. But to hear kind of the disregard in real time, you know, to have the 911 call, which is something we don't always have. Um, it's kind of rare to be able to find a 911 call, but to have the 911 call from her grandmother and then to hear the detective, you know, sort of dismissing, or the sergeant, I should say, dismissing what the 911 dispatcher is saying and being, you know, oh, she's, you know, she's not really missing, ha, 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 ha. And his kind of dismissiveness is 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 really it's it's jarring because like I said we know that it happens but to actually um hear it happening and to have you know the evidence of it was something that really um it it made me mad I don't know you know yeah so taking a look at the case that was covered um last week about the Millbrook twins once again we see the issue of um you know, law enforcement kind of just taking a lackadaisical attitude about a serious issue mm-hmm. of somebody, you know, maybe being hurt or missing. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, you said last week that that rule or that, you know, whatever they have, standard they have or, you know, operating procedure that they have as far as 24 hours, that's changed. But, you know, it's too late now. Like, this is an older situation. Yeah. And this is a situation that that immediate action could have, Mm-hmm. Maybe you know change the outcome of that situation, which is kind of uh, kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so let's get right into a recap of what this case was about. Yes, Amara, take <laughs> take it away. Okay, so this week, like I said, um, we told the story of Delisa Kelly, twenty four years old, um, from Dallas, Texas. Uh, Delisa was two months pregnant. Um, and she was last seen on March 7th, 2014. She left her home that day. She was living with her grandmother. Um, she was also the mother of a two-year-old also. Um, and she left her home that day to go to the funeral of a friend of hers. 
um, the articles that I found said that this was a, her, a best friend of hers who had died tragically in a car accident. And so Delisa was going to the funeral that day and had planned to catch the bus. Um, she left her home around 4 p.m. Uh, and it was the last time that anyone ever saw Delisa. But about two hours and 45 minutes after she left, uh, her sister got a pocket dial from Delisa's phone. And when she answered, in the background, she could hear Delisa screaming for her life, screaming, stop it, get off me. And then she could also hear a man's voice in the background. And then, um, of course, the call disconnects and her sister ties to call uh, Delisa back and has to answer the phone. And then eventually uh, Delisa texts her and says, you know, I'll call you in a minute. And when her sister texts her and says, you know, are you okay? The response is, yeah, you know, he he thought I was with somebody else. And then that's the last communication from Delisa's phone. Um, her grandmother calls 911. Uh, 911 calls the sergeant. The sergeant is very dismissive. Um, some work was done afterwards. And then a week later, uh, Delisa's body was found on an abandoned porch. Um, she had been beaten to death. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, that's kind of where the story, that's that's the, the bulk of the story. So. Okay, so this story took place um, in Dallas, Texas. Yes. <clears throat> One thing that you talked about was them finding her at the abandoned property mm -hmm. when they found her. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that I want to add for the Black Girl Going listeners, sometimes when we research these stories, uh, when my wife re researches these stories and we talk about these stories, um, we don't know these neighborhoods, mm -hmm. uh, the specifics of these neighborhoods. So I uh, I appreciate you guys asking the questions. That's exactly what we want you to do. But also, like, if you know about the neighborhood um, that you live in, um, if you know about the neighborhoods from uh, of the city that you live in, mm -hmm. just chime in. Tell us um, what type of neighborhood it was. Tell us you know, uh, the demographic, mm -hmm. um, it gives us more information and yeah. more, um, little more details of what the case is. Yeah, ex no, exactly. You know, because this, we are like, like Jason said, we're, we're from Philly. Um, and so, you know, if I see an address, you know, we can Google map it. We can kind of get an idea of what it may look like and stuff like that. But, um, you know, if you're not from that city, it's hard to really understand, like you said, what the neighborhood's like, what the demographic is like. Is this a neighborhood that, people live in, you know, or, or not the neighborhood, but is this a street that people live on? Or is this a, you know, is this a, a, a alleyway? Like we right. don't, it's, it's sometimes it's really hard to, um, to tell, you know, I've only been to Dallas once, you know, so I don't. And I've, I've never <laughs> been to Texas at all. Yeah, I've been to Dallas once. I know I've been to the Galleria, you know, I know about the ice skating rink in the mall and all that, but I, I, I don't know anything about Dallas. And, um, you know, I really, outside of Philly, even though, you know, we've traveled, we've been to other cities. Yeah. Going to a city is not the same as being from a city. Right. Um, so, yeah, definitely, you know, chime in when we're, if you hear these kind of things and you know something about that area that you think would be um, kind of helpful to fill in gaps in the story. So, yeah, well, for sure. Right, definitely. So let's get in uh, to the interesting parts of this case. Yes. Um, you always do a good job at this. Yeah. So what well, do you think is... Interesting about this case. Let's hear from you. Okay. So, um, you know, I think it starts right at the beginning of kind of the story, which is um, the pocket dial. That's that's where this all really begins, because up until that point, um, you know, 
everything was pretty normal. She left her home to go to the funeral. Um, her family assumed that that's where she was going and that she would be back, you know, later on, you know, that evening. And so when her sister gets this pocket dial from her, that's when um, this story really begins. And so what we know is that, like I said, about two hours and 45 minutes after Lisa leaves her home to go to this, to go to the funeral, her sister gets this pocket dial. And in the background, she can hear Delisa screaming and for her life, stop it, get off me. Um, you know, and then she can hear the man's voice in the background and he's saying something like, you know, you want to be hard headed. And, and she can just tell that this is not just an argument. This is not just two people arguing. She can tell that this is a fight. This is, this is physical. Um, and, and Delisa is yelling, get off me. Um, and so, you know, and then the call lasts, according to reports, about a minute, one minute and 11 seconds, and then it disconnects. Um, and then, like I said, uh, her sister, of course, tries to call her, call back, not getting an answer. And then 15 minutes later, a text comes through from uh, Delisa's phone saying, I'll call you in a minute. And then when she asks her, are you okay? She says, he thinks I'm with somebody. Now, that's the end of it. She doesn't say who thinks she's with somebody, what's going on, um, none of those things. And so it is the beginning of a very, it's, it's the beginning of the mystery because we don't know who Delisa was with. We don't know what the situation was. There's such little information about um the father of her children, her, her her oldest child, and then the child that she was pregnant with. There's mentions of a boyfriend um, coming forward and um, contacting the missing persons unit. But other than that, there's no information about anybody that she would be having a relationship with that would be accusing her of doing something like what she said in the text message, if that was even Delisa texting, which is also something that we don't know. Right. That's, that's one of the, the don't knows about this story. But it really all begins there. And so it's you can't really point out the interesting parts of this case without starting at the pocket dial because so often when someone goes missing, we know, we, we, we cover these stories all the time, we don't have anything like that. We don't have anything like that. No, uh, the, no. Uh, mm-hmm. A last po- a pocket dial? Right. That with, seemed, with them actually, like, pleading for, they, exactly, pleading for their life. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things that I thought was so interesting was that um, so many times when um, someone is missing or when, when when someone is first reported missing, right, and they their family calls the police, one of the excuses that they often get is that, um, you know, there's no reason to believe that this person is missing at this point. Or even when they have been missing for a while, to move it to a homicide, which would then give it more resources and and. They, they're always reluctant because they're always like, well, there's no signs of foul play. There has to be a sign of foul play in order for us to start investigating it in this way. Well, in this case, you had that from the beginning. Huge red flag. And yet a huge, this is, this might be foul play. She's, her sister is saying that she heard this woman calling her. You know, she got a pocket dial from her sister screaming for her life. What more foul play or, or suspicion that something is, she's in danger, do you need than that? Right. Um. And so, it just it just goes to show you how 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 dismissive, uh, law enforcement often is about these cases, and you know it's it's sad. 
Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's get into something else. What else you got as far as interesting parts of the case? So, um, you know, we already kind of talked about the 911 call. I think the 911 call, obviously, um, the grandmother, it's just heartbreaking to hear the grandmother pleading and crying and, and, and you know, you know, recounting what happened or what she knows about her granddaughter to this 911 dispatcher. It's just, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but like I said, it this is one of those cases where we had things that we don't normally have in a lot of these stories. The 911 call. Having a 911 call, it's, it's gut-wrenching because you can hear the, in real time, what that family was dealing with. It's not just a uh, uh, article. It's not just a, a, a interview afterwards that they did. It's in real time, in the moment that they are dealing with this. This is them, um, raw, emotional, scared, all of those things. It's it's just um, it's it's crazy. But um, yeah, it's the it's the it's the you know it's the most um, it's one of the it's the, one of the most interesting parts about this case because we have it. Yeah, and I f- I feel like. Uh... Just listening to the 911 call when we recorded this episode, you know, I'm thinking of grandmoms. I'm thinking of my grandmom. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a grandmom down south, my nana. Mm-hmm. Uh, nana always knows. Nana knows. Mm-hmm. She always knows. Um, when something is wrong. Yeah, she's, she's been through enough. It's that instinct. Yeah, she's been through enough in her life. Um and she's in her 90s to know when things are okay and, and when something something's wrong. wrong. Yeah. And, you know, that's the part that just stuck out to me, man. Like, grandma knows. Yeah. And she if, knows look, if something is wrong. I mean, and those of you out there who are lucky enough to still have your grandmothers and you know that, you know, you know, you have that, you know, you have a grandmother like that, you know what he's talking about. Like, yeah. you know that, you know that grandmothers, they know, you know, mama's, mo- mothers know it too. Like, mothers know too. You, you have that um, instinct. And so... You know, and I said that in the episode, just to, I mean, just to know that your loved one is missing is so, is unimaginable. But then to know that you have this call from them and they're screaming for their lives, I mean, come on. It don't get no worse than that. Like, yeah. that's just terrible. That's absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So that, and then um, I'll just segue that into then the, the next recording that we have is then the sergeant, which is the next interesting part of this case. Because what I got from the, the dispatcher was that she was really concerned. I I, I got I kind of got that the dispatcher um, was really trying to help because she calls the sergeant. She asks him, should she follow should they follow a missing persons report? The sergeant's like, well, you know, what's going on? And he's asking her for the details. And and she's telling him. And then, you know, she says at one point she was like, tells him all the background about the call. And then she says, but what the other thing is, she's pregnant. You know, it's like she's like, yeah, this she is something. Yeah, she mentioned yeah. that. And the and the sergeant uses that as an excuse to uh, oh, well, how'd she get pregnant? Ha 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 ha. Well, she I guess she went missing when she went. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah. It's a 24-year-old grown deep. woman. Why does her being pregnant? Why does that? Why is that a, a a hit against her? Why is that? Why is that? He first of all, at this point, he doesn't even know what her relationship status is. She could be a married woman and be pregnant. She could be. Why are you making a judgment about this woman because she's missing and pregnant? That should be. Oh, oh, she's pregnant. Okay, all right. Let me. Right. I'm, I'm about to go I'm out to it. the house. I'm about to send a unit out to the house because if she's pregnant and you're telling me that this is a call that they've received, then I'm on it. You know what I mean? And he was like. No, 
And I can always, um, and I always feel like if you're an officer, I always imagine that, you know, being an officer, sometimes depending on where you work at as an officer, mm -hmm. you know, there's downtime and there's mm -hmm. times where, you know, there it's more hectic situations, but, you know, you want action, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that some of these situations, like, wouldn't that trigger you to maybe be like, oh, something's going on. Yeah. I need to get in my patrol car. I need to go. call a few guys and we need to figure out what's going on with this girl. Like it's time to jump into action. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You that's know? what you would think. That's yeah. what you would that's what you would that's what you would assume when you, you if you were a cop or you, you know what I mean? Like like I said, you don't you don't always know, you don't know how things work. But you would just think that if somebody had called you and a dispatcher, you were a sergeant and they were telling you that story, you would be like, hmm. All right, well, I'm at least in a unit out there. And from the 911 call, just from the 911 call, it didn't seem like he was overwhelmed. Like, that's, you yeah, know, just like from he, he sounded like he was chilling. I got from him personally. <laughs> I, I did too. I it did just too. got from me, like, well. Sound like know. he was sitting at his desk. <laughs> right. Picked up the phone, was like, uh, what's up? Well, he had a sandwich in the other hand. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like that's just that's just how it felt. It felt very. Like, not nah, I'm overwhelmed with cases right now. Right. What's or this something about? Else, like or something I'll else get is to going that on. when right. I feel like, like or I'm, I'm, I can't. like Because I, in that case, then and he could have passed it on to somebody else. And I'm not but saying the, that that was the case. No, we don't know. The but the, but I think that the least he could have done was send a unit out to, to, the, to the grandparents' home. You know what I'm saying? To talk to the grandmother, to get a statement, to, to put this ball in action within hours of her, of this call. Or within, you know what I'm saying? As opposed to the the long route that he was planning to take that that doesn't seem urgent. It's just like, well, I'll trace her phone. Well, how long will it take yeah. you to trace her phone? Yeah, we're not. By that time, she's already yeah, phones. yeah. By that time, she she might already be dead. We're talking about this has already been an hour, you know, since since the call was placed, since the since the pocket dial was received. So, you know, time is not on your side. You right. you should be like we. You need could to you could yeah. We're gonna try and we're gonna uh, triangulate the single signal. Yeah. And then we're going we're gonna get moving. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or we're gonna go and get our statement while somebody back trying to figure out the the signal. Like, but at least we're gonna get this ball moving. We're gonna yeah, get an official report file so we can get a yeah. detective assigned to this case. And that's not what happened in this right. case at all. So um, you know, those two things combined are what really um, you know, like I said, it doesn't set this part case apart because we know that this happens in other cases. We we know that it happens. What sets us apart is that we have the audio. We have the audio evidence of the way that her family calls 911, how they sound. How can you ignore that? <laughs> yeah. Now, this is a question to you mm -hmm. uh, just before we get in our questions, unless you have anything else as far as the interesting parts. Yeah. Okay, so go there, and then I'll go okay. back to what I had to so, say. So, yeah, just real quick, because we're and you know, I'm not going to... You know, it's not too many other things, but I think that, you know, we and we because we already kind of touched on this when we were talking about the um, asking people about helping us get familiar with the neighborhoods. And right. we talked about the body or the that to me is yes. So we know a week after um, Delisa goes missing, her body is found on an abandoned porch um, in Dallas on right. Presidio Avenue. I hope I'm saying that right. I think it's I think it's Presidio. Correct me if I'm wrong, y'all, but I think it's Presidio Avenue. Um and the the questions are, you know, about about that is like, well, this was a week later. Now we know from the story, if you listen to the story, we know that we lost a good 48 hours where absolutely nothing was being done to find Delisa. 
So in that time frame, um, there was a lot lost. I'm sure there was a lot of evidence, a, a lot of things. And so by the time that the police assigned a detective to this case and even start putting any energy into this case, it's day three of her being gone. Four days later, three and a half, four days later, her body is found. Now, knowing nothing about this neighborhood, the question is, well, why would someone leave a body on a porch? It, it, that's not that's not a hiding place. That's not a hiding. I don't care if the house is abandoned or not. Le- the, 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 it seems like from what the story says that she just the, the patrol officers just drove by and just saw the body on the porch. So it wasn't hidden. It wasn't, you know, they didn't bury it. And and so it, it, it adds questions about, well, how long was the body there? Who, you know, obviously who put the body there, but how long was the body there? And then the question about, well, what kind of neighborhood was this? Right. That this could, that somebody would feel comfortable enough to just drop a body, body on a porch. Front of the porch, not the, the porch. woods. Not the woods. The not porch. even inside the abandoned house where it would seem, to, where it could be hidden for a while. Right. Because, you know, you put a body in an abandoned house and nobody goes in there, it could be in there for a while, Months. especially if there's nothing around there or there's right. no neighbors or whatever. But to leave it on the porch, it was like they wanted the body to be found. That's the kind of, when, Usually in cases like that, when somebody will leave a body out in the open like that, it's, yeah, they they want it to be found. If they don't want it to be found, they'll figure out every way they can to get rid of it. We know this. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah. And I think that, that, that right there. Yeah. That's, that, that for me is the, that, that abandoned house, that abandoned property. And, um, yeah. Okay. Um. Uh... Let's get right into uh, some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, uh, you guys have been doing your homework. You guys have been listening. You guys have been sharing. And um, your input is very, very, very critical. And like I said uh, last week, we want this kind of second part, uh, this last part of what we do on Afterthoughts, kind of to be, you know, uh, black girl gone listener controlled. We want you, we want your input. We want your thoughts to add to this. So uh, we appreciate whenever you have a comment or a question or a, or a thought. Um, we just appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go right into some of these questions. First, I have a question. Let me get this pulled back up. Um, number one, my biggest question is what about friends or acquaintances? If she was on the way to the funeral of a best friend, I would think there were mutual friends, family members of her best friend. Was nobody surprised that she didn't show up to the funeral? Uh, I was a bit surprised she couldn't get a ride to the funeral. Do we know anyone else that was in her circle? And that has to be something that is, I mean, that's a, mm-hmm. number one, that's, a, that's the top question. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The, I mean, uh, it's a few questions, but, yeah. you know, no, nobody knew what was going on that day? Uh, not that we know of. I mean, that's the thing. We know that she didn't make it to the funeral. Um, and that's the that's the interesting part. So that's a really good question. So we, okay, so here's what we know. We know that she left the home at 4 o'clock. Um, and then this kind of segues into what happened next. Now, for a while... We didn't know what happened. There was no information about her movements before the um, 
I mean, after she left. And then, of course, we knew about the call. But what was later discovered was that she had been, well, there had been anonymous tips that came in. We spoke about this on the episode. That anonymous tips had started to come in that she had been seen at a shop and save. And, um, you know, they went to the shop and police went to the shop and save. They said they tried to get surveillance footage and then were unable to get the footage. But we know from what the news was able to find, the, new, the local news organization, that at about 6 o'clock p.m. on the day of the funeral, um, or on the day that she went missing, Delisa is seen on surveillance at the shop and save. And so when you ask about what her plans were today or what, what her acquaintances or what people knew, it doesn't seem like anybody knew anything other than she was going to this funeral. So it was odd that she ended up at the shop and save two hours after she left home. The other question is, what time was the funeral? That, that I don't know. I can't find that out because that would be significant. Like if, if the funeral, if she left her home at four o'clock. What, what time was the funeral? Because two hours later, she's seen alive and well at the shop and save. Um, but, you know, in terms of acquaintances and friends, you know, like I said, there's a lot of limited information about um, those types of details about uh, Delisa's life. And so I don't know why she didn't have a ride to the funeral. Um, I don't know, you know, what her friends knew about. But like what, like I said, from what I could gather, nobody really knew anything other than she was going to this funeral. And so um, it's just one of those, it's just one of the mysteries of the of the case. It's, it's just, you know, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, let's go to another question. Mm-hmm. Um, question slash comment. It says, reads, I hate to say it, but I think the loved ones are going to have to put every boyfriend she had on blast. That man knew her and was very angry with her. He tried to frame her boyfriend with that text message. The sergeant was trash. Women are especially vulnerable when pregnant and being murdered slash domestic violence is one of the top reasons for mortality for uh, pregnant women. Was the neighborhood she was found in abandoned, which we, you know, which we tried to address. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas, we could use some help on that one. Yes, for sure. Uh, did the police bother to talk to anyone there? Mm-hmm. Has her sister ever said if the male voice she heard sounded familiar? Like they could have done a voice lineup. Yeah, that's an excellent question. So, you know, like I said, we, we we talked about the abandoned the abandoned property and just, you know, not having much information about that. Now, whether or not police um interviewed anybody in that area, I have no idea. A- absolutely no idea. Um we don't we don't know that part. Um and then about the voice on the phone, um I, nothing I could find um about um from the sister or any of her statements um ever mentioned that this voice sounded familiar. Now, um, it could have been because the voice was muffled. I mean, you know, it is a pocket dial, you know what I mean? And so the voice of the male, the male voice could have been muffled. Um, and so she might not have been able to clearly distinguish the voice. Um, you know, I think about so often a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of stories I tell take place in small, small towns, you know, where you have the kind of everybody knows everybody factor. Uh, but Dallas is a bigger city. And right. so um, you don't necessarily have that factor where everybody knows everybody. I mean, uh, the voice could have been somebody that Delisa knew that her sister didn't recognize. I mean, that's that's quite possible. Um, so, you know, 
But yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, respectfully, mm-hmm. I gotta disagree with mm-hmm. you. We live in Philly, and I I feel like the five mm-hmm. uh, the five degrees of separation thing is always no, you yeah. know, no. somebody knows oh, no, 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 somebody knows somebody, especially the circles saying, you run in. No, 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 and I'm in no way saying that they don't. I'm just saying that you you okay. um that that because you know what I mean, like you have because it's a larger city. Okay, no, you know I what I mean. You know what I mean. Like I'm just saying, like sometimes, and when I'm I and I'm just thinking for myself. I'm not speaking for anybody else. But I, sometimes when I think for myself, I'm thinking for my speaking for myself. I should say. When I'm thinking about smaller towns, I yeah. it's more likely to of me. Of course. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, well, come on. Like, she probably would have. But like I said, sometimes in, you know, you're talking about a 24-year-old woman. Um, I don't know. Um, you know, I know that Delisa was living with her grandmother. I don't know if her sister lived there. And so you, you just never know. But either way, that information has never been, um, it's never been, Never been, um, I, I didn't find any information about that. And like I said, in any of the statements that her sister has made or anything that I saw about this, um, I've never saw any mention that she recognized who the voice was. Um, but, you know, yeah. Okay. So we're going to go to the last question. Mm-hmm. And the last question is, um, slash comment, this was definitely a domestic violence case. Mm. A man beat her to death. Mm. Who was the father of her child? Mm-hmm. Did they sue the, uh, the, the police department? Mm. Um, who was the driver of the car that she got into? Okay. Yeah, great question. So um, the father of the child, like I said, I don't know. And, you know, like I said, they make, we, they, they talk about the boyfriend um, co- contacting the detectives. But they only call him her boyfriend. They don't necessarily indicate whether or not he is the father of her child. Like, you know, we can assume that he is, um, but we don't know if he is the father of her oldest child. Also, uh, there's no real information about that. But we do know that the boyfriend was questioned by police. So whoever the boyfriend is, like I said, we don't have information on him, but police did question him and they um, cleared him as a suspect or didn't think that he had any information about what happened. And this was before uh, Delisa's body was found. Um in terms of the family suing the department, now that I don't know, and that's a really good question. They probably did. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I won't say they probably did, um, but there's a high probability that they did. Um, Let's look into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll look into that, and I'll let you guys know. Um, but I didn't see anything, nothing. Usually that type of information um, comes out when in the research, like family sues departments, family bottle, and I didn't see anything like that. So I'll take a little deeper dive and see if I actually can find anything about that. But um, in the in the... Research that I did in the public reporting, I didn't see anything about a lawsuit. But we do know that um, in the story, the cop was reprimanded. Sort of, yeah. I mean, he got a little reprimand, a little one-day suspension type, John. But um, he wasn't. Yeah, that's yeah that was, it was a little one-day one day. One day suspension. Um, yeah. and I mean, but they did launch an, quote-unquote, investigation. We know how internal investigations go, you know, uh, police investigating themselves. But um, they did do it and they you know it was a one day suspension and then he was also caught up in some other stuff with a with a with a man who ended up dying um and this was a white guy it was some i think it was a, a some type of drug trying to a drug arrest i don't know the exact details of it but he was involved in some other situation um so yeah it, he just yeah but yeah one day suspension um and he's still he's still a cop he's still still a cop to this day right now wow. as we speak as we tell this as we tell this story wow um yeah so, um, and then I think there was the, oh, the last question was who was the driver 
of the car? Yes. That's a significant question because that's my question. That's my question. Now, police claim. Now, now just for to refresh everybody's memory, let me go back a little bit because it might be like, well, whose car? Um, at the shop and save that she's seen on surveillance, the surveillance captures her getting into the passenger side of a blue Grand Marquis. If y'all know about Grand Marquis, it's like a long cop yeah, type cop of car. car. Cop Mercury. car. Yeah, the Mercury. No, oh, yeah. My pop used to have. Yeah, uh, exactly. Grand yeah, it used to be, you know, this used to be a very popular car here in the city. Right. Um, <laughs> so, but this was like a, a a very distinctive one because it was blue. It was like a baby blue color. Um, and so she's seen getting into the passenger side of this car. Now, why this is relevant is because 30 minutes later, her sister gets that pocket dial. So it's like, well, what is the likelihood that this is that this is not this, this shit this doesn't happen with this person who's in this car. Right, it's not connected. Police claim they spoke to him. Now, this is always very frustrating. Well, what did he say? Because he, we, we saw her get in her car, 30, his car, 30 minutes before she was screaming on the phone. So what did he say? Did he drop her off somewhere? And if so, then, then, then you might have a, a, um, a indication of what her last whereabouts were, at right. least. A li- but that... None of the information is ever revealed. So all we know is that, yes, she got into this car. Police say that they spoke to the driver of this car, and that's it. But what we also know is that nine years later, um, almost to the day that this episode came out, because it was March 7th, 2014, um, March 7th, nine years later, no suspect has ever been named, no arrests have been made, um, and her family is still looking for justice after all of this time, after everything that happened. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why, as I say, it's important that um, these questions are asked. Yeah. Questions that maybe somebody else didn't think about. Um, you know, we want to feel like, yeah. you know... You and want, I'm not going to always like, have the answer to yeah, the question, yeah. but, but, but it's good to for us as part of this discussion just to talk through things. I think it's you know we're we're working through it. We're because you ideas never know there. what wasn't asked. Exactly, you never know. Or what or what what you know. Like I said, I think it's always good to just talk, like you work through these things because part of the story, part of the reason why we tell these stories is because yeah, we want to bring awareness to them. We want right. people to know what happened to these women. And this show um, allows us to go a little bit deeper into that and have those conversations, even about things that we don't know about, you know? We're not, you know, like I said, when I started the show, this ain't, we're not accusing people, we ain't, well, he's guilty and he need, none of that. But what we can do is kind of break down some of the things that don't make sense or some of the things that we just want to point out or, or highlight because they may be factors that help kind of, um, that help, that could help solve the case or, you know, bring it to the right person's attention who got information. That's, that's the goal. Yeah, man. So, um, I see in the chat we have somebody saying that comment that they you know went to high school with her mm-hmm. you know you know of course if you so you just, just so yeah so I'm assuming that this was in Dallas so you probably have a little bit more information about right. like the neighborhood and and just kind of that even the neighborhood that she lived in like what was that like you know what I mean um, yeah put it in the yeah, put it back in the it, chat put it under your comment <laughs> we would love to know just like a little bit more insight because like I said we have no idea um, um, but yeah. Yeah, man. So that's that's all I have, unless you have anything else. I will say this. Um, uh, going forward, the spring is approaching, and we have homework for the Black Girl Gone listeners. Go back. 
as requested, we're going to start doing some more afterthoughts on older episodes. So I'm not sure when you maybe started listening to Black Girl Gone um, and kind of, you know, being being a part of whatever everything that uh, Amar has been doing. But go back. Uh, we're celebrating our second year yeah. in March of March doing 15th. this. And there's a lot of episodes that we're going to start doing afterthoughts on try to feel try to figure out what you guys feel what you guys think uh amara's going to give more of her thoughts and we're going to uh do that uh coming up up in the spring shortly so yeah go back listen and um tell us what you think if you see an old post you know uh at black girl going mm-hmm. podcast at amara and we'll you know we'll dig it out and we'll you know continue to talk about these things that's affecting our women and our communities. Yes, for sure. And um, also, so for those of you who listen on Spotify, so I just found this out today. I don't even know if I told you. I literally just found this out. Um, on Spotify now, they allow you to um, put questions on the episode and people can reply right on the episode. Um, and so this will help us you know, in terms of our question asking, especially for those of you who listen, who are not on social media or don't like to be on social media or forget about social media. I know all of us are not, you know, social media people. Um, But this also gives you a way to submit your questions. So what I'm going to start doing from here on out, and I'm, I I have to do it separately than when I upload the episode. So I got to put it on my calendar, but I will put a question also underneath the episode. So if you listen on Spotify, and this is only for Spotify listeners, it's not available on like Apple or any other platform, but specifically for those who listen on Spotify, there'll be questions. And so you can submit your questions for the episode and we'll be able to kind of address those on the upcoming episodes of Afterthought. So it's just another way for you to um, submit questions, especially, like I said, for those who are not, you know, on social media or active on social media like that. So just wanted to let you guys know that. I just found that out today. <laughs> that's that's super dope. Yeah, cool. So um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, listening to Black Girl Gone Afterthoughts. This was the this is our seventh episode. So for those of you who are telling us that you love it and um, we appreciate you listening, we of course will be back on Monday with a brand new episode of our Black Girl Gone, and then back on Thursday with Black Girl Gone Afterthoughts. Uh, Thank you guys so much, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Peace. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.